0: Hi Mar, how are you?
1: Hey Brian, how's it going?
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. For sure, it's exciting
1: um, to be with you. Yeah,
0: yeah. For anyone that's just joining us, uh, Mar Shensen, uh co-founder and managing partner at Pear VC. Uh, Pear has made seed and pre-seed investments in category-defining companies, including Dropbox, Gusto, DoorDash, uh, Branch Metrics, and so many more that I know of. Uh, before she moved into venture investing, Mar earned her PhD in electrical engineering from Stanford and co-founded three startups in the mobile e-commerce, enterprise software, and semiconductor industry. Uh, she's been recognized by the MIT Technology Review as a top innovator and was also a champion of innovation by Fast Company. Um, as many of you can see, we're, we're both branded. Uh, I am a PEAR fellow at HBS, and <laughs> I'm very honored to be a part of the PEAR ecosystem uh, alongside Mar, uh, Paige, Mon. I'll even shout out Ian Taylor. So I'm um, really excited to have you here. Um, For those that that may not know, I would love to just get the 30 seconds on what Pair VC is and and help everyone understand sort of where you guys sit in the venture ecosystem.
1: Yeah, thank you, Brian. Um, We are, as you mentioned, pre-seed and seed fund. So we typically invest uh, very early in companies, what we call zero. So typically, uh, definitely before revenue, in many cases before a product. And we love getting companies from that zero stage all the way to where they have a product that they can scale, and we would call that one. So we we call ourselves internally the zero to one VC. Uh, as you know, we're very active on campus. About fifty percent of our portfolio comes from uh, founders that have recently graduated, professors, students, etc. And that number started at zero, but like something been going up from the seven years that we've been in business. And in many in many ways, thanks to people like you who are amazing pair that are on various campuses.
0: Amazing, amazing and let's let's talk a little bit about that because I think you do have a unique insight into um, the university ecosystem if you, if you can call it that. What, what are you hearing? What, what's sort of the the run-of-the-mill um, around COVID-19 and the things you're hearing around people that may be building at school, people that may be just coming out of school building, what, what, what are you sort of sensing?
1: Well, you know, the, the general consensus from all the founders that we've been working with and they're still they're working on their startups, even just getting started, getting their first check is actually optimism because that's typically the uh, um, you know most prevalent characteristic of a founder, you sure. know, and optimism. Uh, a lot of them are, you know, thinking that this is temporary and they're reshuffling their plans to, you know, to address that. Some people are... In tougher industries. So, if you were working on, if you were starting a company today, selling to restaurants or yeah. selling into the travel industry, and you haven't raised any money, what do you do? Uh, but it's amazing that a lot of this, um, you know, a lot of these founders are almost rethinking their product to take advantage of the fact that the world has changed in yeah. one
0: week. <laughs> what, what, a little bit about that. I mean, how how much? Uh how much product roadmap shifting would you be doing to adjust for something like this versus continuing to build and deliver on, you know, what you were building prior to COVID-19?
1: I mean, it truly depends, you know, let's assume you're a cybersecurity company. There's probably not a lot you're going to change. Right. But if you, like I said, if you are, you know, a social app that relies on people getting together, maybe you're going to change what getting together means and a lot of the stuff is going to be more virtual right Uh, if you're building a product for hr i think you may focus it more on can this help your remote working and the question is that you know you don't really want to design for these three months i think you have to have the hat on of how the world is going to change due to covid 19 and what is. The long-term effect of this—so 12 months, 24, five years from now, right? Uh, that's that's the most important thing. Because so if you just design for the time we're locked in, um, probably won't be a great product forever. Yeah. So it requires like everything and founders to um, imagine the future. And uh, now you're imagining the future with a disruption. That's basically what we're asking, Absolutely. we're telling people to do.
0: Yeah. I'd love to talk a little bit about your communication with the, with the pair portfolio in particular, you know, what are some of the messages that you and Pagemon are sending to your teams uh, to help them, you know, know that, 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 that you guys are in their corner and that you're there sure. to support them.
1: Well, we've been, you know, I think we put a, a public medium post. We've had two major communications with them. One is our medium post that we put public. And then we've had a second internal one that is more specific as to how they must change their plan. So mm-hmm. that, They are ready for, you know, worst case scenario. What we think is worst case, you know, obviously we're not experts, but we're assuming. Um, We are actually meeting with each company, uh, We're having a first call to educate people as to what a downturn is. Remember, a lot of these founders have not seen a downturn and it takes more than a week to get your brain adjusted, right? And there's definitely uh, in the portfolio, there's definitely two types of founders of people that had been in a downturn before and the people that have not, right? (laughs) So um, for each company, we're expecting at least to get on the phone twice, three times, or phone Zoom, right? Until we get a plan that we can all stand behind. So as you can imagine, it's a lot of work. uh, Because typically, you're not doing this for your entire portfolio at once. Uh, But in this case, you have to do it for all at once. It's that all the companies are in this mode where they need to um, confirm that their plans are still in place. And if not, what do we do?
0: Yeah, um, I'm curious if you've seen any best practices from some of your teams around, you know, not just some of the planning and forecasting that you're talking about, but also just communicating <laughs> with their teams. And so any, any good examples that you think maybe founders listening right now could learn from?
1: Yeah, well, I think in this particular case that we're not together, that's one of the things I've learned even in this last couple of weeks is that, um, you know, it's easy to feel very lonely and very isolated, right? So the most important is frequent communication. And, you know, a pair, there's 11 of us. We're like a a team, right? And how do we make sure that our team stays in place? One of the things we've been doing is, um, you know, daily check-ins, you know, morning and evening. And I think that's really important because at least you get a sense that at the beginning of the day, I'm with people. At the end of the day, I achieve something, I'm able to share it. Yeah. And I think that's actually really, really important. We, we minimize the effect that um, you know going from cube to cube, maybe five minutes in between meeting, has on your on your psyche. Yeah. But it does, right? Yeah. So I think uh, more frequent communication, even if it's scheduled, um, it's it's actually I think the number one thing. I think uh, number two, if you're a CEO, if you're a leader, if you're running a team, you know, uh, I think people want to know that somebody is in charge and somebody is thinking about a plan and the more open the communication the better it's not like people don't know we are um in a difficult situation yeah. people know they just yeah. want an acknowledgement of that and realization yeah. that there's a plan behind it
0: super helpful um and that's all really tactical advice i think for founders listening let's shift a little bit to the, yeah. the investor side um you spend so much of your time in the really early stage uh, yeah. assessing founders, you know, really, there's not, there's not always uh, two years of cohorts to look at. And so as you think about the sourcing element of this going forward, you know, what would be some of your advice to people that, that may be writing checks over a Zoom uh, in three to six months from now, you know, trying to continue to deploy capital, but not having the time uh, or the ability to get in front of a founder and really look them in the eye? What, what, what's some of your advice for how to, how to uh, suss out a founder digitally?
1: Yeah, you know, um, I think it's, um, it's harder to do digitally than in person, right? There's just all these social cues that you yeah. are missing. Yeah. If you're not uh, you know, in front of somebody. Uh, so in general, I would say that what does it take to get to know a founder is the most important is time. How long are you? Do you get to know the person? I tell people that it's a little bit like, doing a reference call, the number one thing is to stay on the phone because yeah. eventually somebody will tell you something, yeah. right? So uh, I think with a founder, is the same. So it might mean, and it's a little unnatural because we're still not used to it, that you really need to do several Zoom calls with that person, mm-hmm. longer Zoom calls, or how do you, know, we, we haven't figured it out yet. Uh, exactly what does it take to do that over Zoom? But typically, I would say you're going to have to have multiple calls to get mm-hmm. to a place with somebody right yeah And um, knowing that it's going to be harder so if you're a founder and you're raising money i think it's an, um they never met that person in person before yeah. um you're at a disadvantage it's just yeah. there's no other way about it you know yeah, yeah. so do you, do you and people are original i think like you know i think we look you know there's creativity behind it so you can see our background of pair
0: yeah yeah
1: small details just like even you know, uh, how are people dealing with that Zoom call Absolutely. in a creative way?
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd love to talk a little bit about just deployment of capital. Obviously, the, the market is yeah. really hot for a really long time. You know, if you look six to 12 months out, and I know sometimes that's hard to do right now. Do, do you think that um, we see a mm-hmm. lot more sort of backing the ones you trust? So, you know, how, how does deployment of capital in the venture ecosystem change?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, listen, at the seed stage, is still so early that we're a little insulated in the sense that you can invest in a seed company now, make a plan that instead of taking you 18 months, takes you two years, right. and you might still be in great shape to raise yep. a Series A later if you run that company, right? Yep. right? Yep. Um so we're a little—we're not a growth equity fund uh, yes. that you know nope. where its revenues gone down to zero and they have a thousand employees. That's yeah. a slightly different place to be. So that's number one. I think um, short term, you know, we're busy at least at pair dealing with our portfolio. That's really really important. So I am—we're still investing. We're spending. I'm spending my days doing two things. One. Is um, sorting companies for a pair summer accelerator, which is still gonna go on. Yeah. So, you know, we've seen hundreds of companies in the last two weeks all over Zoom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the second thing I'm doing is just talking to my portfolio, right? Yeah. So I expect that in a few weeks we'll start talking to new companies. I think the capital will be deplo- changed in two ways. One, I think the terms are, you know, gonna be a little bit more rational. There's no, Doubt yeah. in my mind that there will be a little more rational and the second is that um you know venture people are going to decide where they whether they want to put more money into some other companies who do they want yeah. to double down they need to save
0: uh yeah. and so on yeah I'm, I'm curious just on something you you noted there um just the role of emerging managers in this type of environment you know i, I think if just personally, if I'm building a company, I would probably want to go to a pair or to someone that's been around yeah. uh, through, you know, and has some scars and has really seen some things. H- how do you think that this environment makes it, you know, either harder or, or maybe potentially easier for emerging managers that are on kind of fund one?
1: It's tough, you know, it's going to be tough because, you know, you're now, you're raising your money, depends on where you're getting your funds from, right? Yeah. But I think all LPs are hurting, you know, in the last, um you know in the last couple of weeks you know we've had people with acquisition offers being rescinded we've had yeah. angels that lost a third of their value on the market that are like well i'm not investing in angel in uh, companies anymore because you know these are individuals right yeah. and then you've got all the way the uh, at the other side the endowments that have a more long-term perspective and
0: yeah. uh, those
1: are you know, a stronger LP. So it really depends what your base is, right? Yep. In terms of yep. uh, investors. And then if you're trying to raise that fund one or trying to raise that fund two, just know that it's gonna take, it's always hard. It's super, yep. super hard to raise yep. a fund one, no matter what. Yeah. It's just gonna be much harder <laughs> right now. So I was actually with a friend, um, actually at the first week of March and I was helping him out with his fund. He's trying to raise his first fund and I was helping him out and he himself said, I think I'm just going to wait six months to start. I was like, that's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> you
0: know? yeah.
1: So, um, you know, if you have no rush, uh, I would say just wait, the LPs aren't even trying to figure out what's happening.
0: Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm curious if, um, just to, to run you through a scenario, you know, if, if you were a founder who, you know, did know that uh, cash runway sort of ended at the end of the summer, I mean, what would be, your, what would your advice be to someone that kind of knows they needed to go out to the market soon, but you know realistically understands that there's probably not a, a lot of good opportunities right now what are what are some of the things that you think would be important to to be doing yeah
1: well I uh, think number one assuming they've cut every expense possible right yeah. and still is to the end of the summer the number one advice i have is get out there and try to fundraise um from people that you have met in the past yeah. right and emphasize all the progress that you have done and why this is a good opportunity and why this is a good recession proof company, et yeah. cetera, right? So you have to change slightly the plan. I think one of the best, one of the most important thing, and I'm seeing this with people that come to pitches now in these last two weeks, they are not even aware that there's a downturn and that they have to change what they're doing, right? Yeah. So I think it's very important that you give the impression that you're aware of what's happening and that you know what you're doing and why right. this, is, why you have a plan to address it, right? I think okay. that's number one. It's surprising that people don't have, will Not acknowledge it or yeah, uh, so that's number one. I think number two, um, you know, it's uh, you may it depends on the company you are, you may want to look into alternative sourcing, uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, mechanisms. One, obviously, I think if you're running out of money in the summer, you're not going to get debt, but all of those companies have at least have some runway you can look into that. I think SBB may be overwhelmed, but yeah,
0: <laughs> it's okay, you know, yeah. um.
1: SB, you know, government funding, so SBIRs and yeah. um, all of that stuff, it's definitely you should look into it. I think they're pretty broad. It's not just for weird one moonshot companies, but uh, I think you can definitely, um, you know, look into it. And I think Congress is, I don't know, they're going to pass some stimulus. We don't know. I know NBCA is trying to figure out yeah. what the impact is and how a tech startup is going to be able to, to take advantage. We don't know yet if they're gonna yeah. give us any loans or what type of loans they'll give us. Hopefully it'll be a tax credit, but um, you know, be some will that.
0: Yeah. Um, one more for you. Thank you so much for doing this. This has been really incredible. Um, yeah. I'd love to just get a sense of some of the sources of information that you're going to right now, whether that's for Um, you know, founders and the venture community specific or broader information on COVID-19. Just share with people kind of what you're reading and how you're... Ooh,
1: I got like a really good website.
0: um, Please share.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's only valid if you live in California, but it's the Stanford Daily. Uh, Oh, yeah. There is a guy there. He's a symbolic systems major and he's collecting all this data uh, on the Bay Area, which is on the... Yeah. And all the counties around us and i think it's really cool i think Love at it. this point you know our local information is actually as important as our what's yeah. happening in new york Absolutely. uh so um i have i i can send you the link later yeah i'll, I'll make for sure those I post people it. in the I'll bay area the <laughs> yeah. and then there's so many you know I, I i was reading last night the lancet the technical journal you know yeah. And I figured at least those guys have legit information.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> there's, there's just, a lot. There's a lot out there. And that's why I ask. Um, it's, there's it's, it's too much. Tough. It's been tough to suss through it. Yeah. It yeah. Really,
1: so I have my yeah. own data set. Anyways, it's, it's actually be kind of fun if you're a data person.
0: Absolutely. So, there's a lot.
1: <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, Marja Shenson, uh, founder and managing partner at VC. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you, Brian. Really good to see you. Awesome. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Bye.
1: Bye.